Atheists claim it is unreasonable to ask them to disprove the existence of God because one cannot disprove a negative. We will look at this claim and why they are right, but only because we permitted them to define the narrative. Consequently, in this essay we also look at why it is important to consider what is being said, within context. It is disingenuous for atheists to claim one cannot prove a negative when secularists cannot prove anything. There are no secular truths. Yet, an atheist will demand Christians prove God exists. What can secularists prove? They cannot even prove the desk they are sitting at exists. In fact, why is it becoming more and more obvious that physical reality doesn't exist, at least as an objective, immutable object? Secularists' sense of reality has come down to studying the impact of invisible forces, such as gravity and magnetism. However, they remain convinced that something real is behind the invisible forces. The problem is, how does one prove physical reality exists, when one cannot directly observe, test or engage the thing in itself? Secularists say there is something real behind gravity. Things have mass, but the only way to measure mass is by comparing the mass of one thing to the mass of another. This is the very definition of confirmation bias. Scientists are using something with mass to confirm the mass of some other thing. But what is mass? What is time? What is gravity? We have fundamental constituents that can only be known relatively speaking. Time exists because we observe time passing but it is a personal experience we are talking about. We observe the passage of time. It's not something that can be isolated and studied as an isolated. Time only passes in comparison with things that do not appear to change. As Einstein noted, one cannot determine if time is passing or something is accelerating. These are not real things they are the way our minds work. Physics is the way we process information. Gravity only exists if there are two or more gravitational forces impacting each other. The idea of force implies resistance. There is no gravity thing that can be distilled and purified and accumulated in a container to see what it is or how it operates in its pure state. Reality itself is only known through the senses and these are only as effective as they are impacted by some feature of physical reality. Our physical senses are so designed that they can do nothing but confirm physical reality exists. They are the essence of what we think of when we talk about confirmation bias. The same thing hits the eye and the skin and causes the nerves to send a signal to the brain, but in the brain a totally different perception emerges. It is not the cause that produces the effect, it is the nerves activated that is responsible for the signal we perceive as light or pain. Now we can claim that our nerves were able to figure out that the movement of air on the ear is a sound and on the flesh a feeling, however, to believe the excitation of a nerve ending is able to give us a true representation of what cannot be felt or heard directly, is something of a stretch. The reality we say is objective is observed only indirectly by the body's sensory system. That being said, when a police officer says you are going 35 miles over the limit, he has the tools to prove that this is the speed you were going. When we see a tree, we can ask others what they see, and they will say they see a tree. 
If we go back to the same location a year later, we will see the same tree or signs that it was removed. But is this a sign that there is something called objective reality? But what do we mean when we say reality is objective? 2 plus 2 can be added up repeatedly and the answer will always be the same. But arithmetic is not objective. If we looked for something that no longer existed and there was no indication it had ever existed, we would assume the original perception of it was an illusion. To be real things have to fulfill certain conditions. A tree has to have a trunk, leaves and roots to be a tree. But the most important feature for an existing thing is that it must contain duration. Time, though it cannot be seen or measured in an absolute sense, is the most real thing we know. For the most part we can identify a tree, but it is possible for there to be trees we might not see as trees. The one commonality of all existing things is they contain a time component. Is a tree an objective reality if we cannot always identify what a tree is? Or is tree just a label? Other languages have other labels for what we call a tree, but not other concepts. Even when the name changes, the idea of what a tree is remains consistent. We can translate words into other languages because the concept is consistent, making the terms used by other language synonyms of the words English speakers use. For many people there is a world of difference between existing things such as trees and non-existent things such as Santa Claus. Yet tree and Santa are both concepts, both can be discussed with equal facility and everyone who understands the words understands what is being discussed. But literalists will insist Santa Claus is not a real thing, but a tree is. But what is real and what is not depends on what is meant by reality. Santa Claus does not inhabit the same space and time as a tree. Even though Santa changes in time it does not have duration in the way real things do. The changes to Santa are not intrinsic to Santa but due to other factors such as culture. But every concept is real in so far as it exists conceptually. No one is saying we can see Santa Claus in physical space, though men conceptualize him all the time. Santa is not physically real though he is in one sense, brought to life by performance artists. It is taken for granted we can prove Santa Claus does not exist. People have been doing it for hundreds of years. Yet, Santa is as real today as he was in the beginning. It can be argued Santa Claus only exists in the faith of children, but what does your tree exist in, really? Is there a difference between the things of what we call the real world and the world of the imagination? Absolutely, but perhaps it is not the difference many think. Santa is a concept, but the concept of Santa does not contain an example of Santa fixed in time. The idea of a tree represents an ideal tree. There are trillions of real trees, but none of them are the real tree. The real trees have a time component. The idea of Santa represents an ideal. There are millions of men who represent Santa, but there is no Santa with a time component, so the representations are not the real Santa. But they attempt to live up to the ideal represented by the idea, but they are tied to a timeline that is independent of the Santa concept. Is the Santa concept less real than the tree concept? There are real trees and there are no real Santas, 
but the real trees are not the concept. What do we mean when we say that is a tree or that is Santa? The difference is that Santa is deduced from an ideal to create the various interpretations, whereas the concept of tree is inducted from the many different kinds of actual trees. But this distinction and way of thinking presupposes the individual trees are real. What if the idea of tree is the reality and the individual trees can be identified and known by comparison with the concept? There is a paradox here, which questions which came first, the chicken or the egg, the idea or the reality? Evolutionists will attempt to explain how both arrived at the same time. Evolution may seem like a solution but in many ways, it only multiplies the problems. If there is an emerging chicken and an emerging egg, evolving simultaneously, there are so many more things that could go wrong. Given enough time everything is possible, other than a chicken and egg evolving at the same time. It is sometimes said that the geological strata disprove the flood because of the layered fossils, but if only certain layers contain remains of certain species, where did they originate? It is the modifications that ought to predominate. Everything, in other words, makes sense if we fit it within its own paradigm. This is the problem with induction. If one selects out enough observations that fit the expectation, one can prove almost anything. One might even be able to do an experiment that fits the evidence. If we hit a table to prove it is solid, it will prove to be solid even though it is not. There is nothing real but the resistance that produces the illusion of force. The negative pole is real to other magnetic poles though a negative pole and a positive charge will experience a negative charge in opposite ways. Atheists demand Christians prove the existence of God. They make the claim we have the burden of proof. Though naturally by demanding evidence, atheists have implicitly rejected the evidence. Technically, they ought to demonstrate the evidence is insufficient. This means, by some other process than negation. But it is pointless asking for an equal playing field where atheists are concerned. It is impossible to even have an adult conversation. It is not difficult to prove 2 plus 2 does not equal 5. So why do atheists claim we cannot prove a negative? We know atheists claim there is only one reality, and it is physical. The Bible calls this reality the world of the flesh. This world is known only by and through the physical senses. But what else could the physical senses confirm but that which they were created to observe? The world of the flesh denies the possibility of supernatural elements based on the idea that the only things that exist are natural. Supernatural is just another way of saying the idea or concept lacks existence in the real world because it lacks the substance out of which real things are formed. Real things have the potential of being observed by the senses. If it cannot be observed by the senses, it is supernatural. If it has not been observed, it is a fiction. Therefore, it is clear that secularists claim there is only one reality, and this one reality is composed solely of things that are material and perceptible. Material reality has a substance that is separate from and independent of any and all observation yet contains the possibility of being observed. The natural is also predictable. It operates according to the laws of nature.
The supernatural cannot be tied to any routine. The key element of the world of the flesh is its predictable observability. Its existence owes nothing to the intellect and operates independent of it. But that being said, the implication is, there is no God. Whatever mind is, it is entirely derived from and dependent on matter, energy, space and time for its operation. Yet, mind cannot be observed, nor can we predict anything about it. Most secularists think that thinking is a physiological process engaged in by the physical organ called the brain. We can make the prediction that whatever exists now, in physical reality, existed at an earlier date. No original creations have occurred. Everything that exists now is a result of modifications of what existed in the past. Everything in one way or another evolved. We can note the issues with origins, both of matter and of life. These are insurmountable difficulties, but we will not dwell on them. Logically we cannot have origins in a system dependent on an evolutionary process. Ultimately evolutionary processes require infinity and for most of us, this is logically unacceptable. There also needs to be a truth. Either the world is flesh or spirit, eternal or created. Reality cannot be everything because contradictions cannot be given substance. But truth is metaphysical as is all information including the information about contradictions. To even deny the existence of metaphysical truths is to make a metaphysical statement. The more secularists attempt to reject and negate metaphysics, the more they engage in it. In other words, just as it is obvious 2 plus 2 is not equal to 5, it is obvious there has to be more than one reality and if there is more than one reality the secularism of atheists is discredited. Atheists are right, they cannot disprove the existence of God. That is a negative proof, and it is beyond them. But atheists cannot prove reality exists, and that is a positive proof. It can be disproven there is but one reality because the one reality is the objective reality of secularists, and for them to make the claim there is but one reality is to invalidate it. The one reality hypothesis is inherently untenable because it is a self-contradiction. To make the claim is to make the evidence which refutes the claim. Atheists do prove a negative. They prove their hypothesis is inherently false. Interestingly, since there cannot be just one reality, there is two. There are all the relativist ideas about truth and reality, and the metaphysical absolute reality in which there is room for the God hypothesis. In their failure to prove there is only one reality and in their attempt to demonstrate their reality contains all possible ideas about reality, but one, atheists inadvertently prove both their reality is impossible and that the only alternative is that God exists. In proving a negative they prove the positive existence of God.